I'm Greg Crow, and you're listening to episode eight of Audio Off the Shelf, the podcast where I play a handful of tracks from my physical collection. Everything I play on this show comes off the vinyl shelves in my living room, off the CD shelves in my basement, or out of that box of cassettes I keep on the shelf in the storage room. The relationships we create with music in our adolescence are incredibly important. These formative years for music cement ideas and memories into our consciousness and into our identities, and they stay with us for a lifetime. There's about an eight-year span for me between the ages of 15 to about 23, where a whole new world was created for me, initiated by the music that was shared and discovered in my day-to-day dealings. I'm still amazed by the detailed memories that surface when I hear a particular familiar song from that time period between 1990 and 1998. That personal soundtrack was a major contributor in the development of me, of my identity. I can often recall specifics about the environment I was in, the time of day, who I was with, my mood in that moment when I first heard that song what I was doing when the song came on. Sometimes I can even recall what I was wearing. Sometimes that torrent of memories is a great ride, and other times it can start making me feel a little overly sentimental or remind me of how out of touch I've become with those I consider to be great friends. Not completely unlike Malcolm McDowell's character in A Clockwork Orange and his relationship with Beethoven's Ninth, we too become conditioned to music. And the most potent time for that to happen is during our adolescence, the formative years for music. If you were born in the mid-70s like me, this may be a trip that resonates with you. If not, it might give you a glimpse into what the Gen Xers considered a simpler time. This first tune always reminds me of grade 12. This is all with Dot. Appropriate 
That was Dot by All from their 1992 album Percolator. My first copy of this album was a cassette dub, and I loved the song Dot so much I put it on that cassette twice. I kind of built my own little encore of sorts. Pretty fitting, seeing as that album ends with vocalist Scott Reynolds saying, And that's our show. It kind of prompted me to throw in another round of Dot. I got the chance to see all in 1998 in Somerset, Wisconsin. One of the things I remember most about that set is Carl Alvarez falling off the stage. Nevertheless, it was an amazing set and a great way to start the day off at Warp Tour. Nothing quite like seeing live bands, but like most young music fans, I would have to wait until I was of legal age before it was truly open season for live music experiences. My 18th birthday was a special one indeed, uh, but that's for another episode. Before turning 18, there were a few places I could go. Community clubs, coffee houses, places like that. And one of the places I would frequent with friends was the Blue Note Cafe on Main Street. This venue was a beautiful place to hang out. Sometimes we would go without knowing who was playing there that night, and sometimes we would be going with intent. One of the bands we caught by accident once and then tried to catch them whenever they played there was Vav Jungle. Just two members. There was Eve Rice. She provided the music behind a Yamaha keyboard that sat atop an ironing board. And there was Susie Sparkle with an array of props and a repertoire of interpretive dances that completed this duo. A little loungy, a little bit of pop art, a little bit of what Eve Rice calls electronic exotic jazz, Vav Jungle always made for a great night out. Here's You're In Love from their 1992 independent cassette release.
One band that meant a lot to me when I was in high school was Nirvana. I first heard the band while hanging out at my friend Jeff's house. Jeff is my oldest friend. He and I have been pals since 1985, and we still talk to each other all the time. He gave me some great feedback about this podcast, some great suggestions on how to make it stronger. Thanks for that, Jeff. For what I believe was my 17th birthday, which incidentally I spent at the Blue Note Cafe, Jeff gave me the Come As You Are Maxi Single CD, which had the studio version of Come As You Are and two live recordings. Upon receiving it, I immediately put the CD into Jeff's stereo and played this track over and over and over and over again. One baby two, another says I'm not good at you.
That was a live recording of Drain You from Nirvana's three-song compact disc maxi-single, Come As You Are. Again, I appreciate the feedback that my old-time buddy Jeff gave me about this podcast, and if any other listeners out there have any suggestions, I would love to hear about it. So, please send your thoughts, questions, and comments to audioofftheshelf at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow or tag the podcast on Twitter at AOTS204 or on Instagram at Audio Off the Shelf. Please be sure to tune in next week for episode 9 as I pay tribute to my good friend and bandmate, Patrick Keeler. Patrick passed away in March of 2019 and left behind quite a legacy of music. I will be telling some stories and playing some recordings, some recordings well-known and some that are super rare. Please be sure to join me for this tribute show that will be released Monday, March 15th. I chose the name for this show carefully. Audio Off the Shelf is just that. Audio. Not necessarily songs or music. And such is the case with this next track. In my formative years, there was an album that played a pretty important part in my budding friendships. That album, believe it or not, was Bob and Doug McKenzie's The Great White North album. My friends Jeff, who I spoke of earlier, and Brian and myself had that record memorized. And to this day, we still quote portions of it when it is apropos to a situation we're in. Brian and I have a little tacit competition as to how many copies of this album we can acquire. I have four so far. Some of you might find this humor antiquated, but I think it still holds up pretty well. Now, maybe it's because when I hear it, I'm reminded of good times with friends, but nevertheless, I'll stand by that bias of mine and defend this as a solid track. Now, my friends and I are quite convinced that this album was predominantly improvisational. Going into the studio with a handful of loose ideas that were flushed out in the recording process by Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. When you listen to this track, you can hear how maybe a half-baked idea gets quickly built into a full scene. No second take was necessary, apparently. Okay, where are you? I'm over here, eh? No. <laughs> okay, like, here we are at Peter's Donuts. Oh, take off. We it's are not. Three. We are. Why? Oh, okay. thanks. Okay. Thanks. Okay. No, thanks okay. for blowing it. No, you're right. It's three. Oh, no, no. No, it's three in the morning and we're at what? Whose donuts? Uh, Peter's oh, Donuts. Oh, Peter's Donuts. There, she's at the till now. She'll see us in a minute. Hey. You want your favorite donut? Hey, hey, over here. I'm going to get his booted out. Oh, good going. Hey, over here for donuts. Don't listen to him, eh? He's a, he's a hoser. What kind of donut you order? Uh, a, a Kreller. No, I want a pineapple filled. Ugh. Yeah. I like raised chocolate in the evening and pineapple overnight. Okay, one pineapple filled donut. Thanks. 
And a six-pack of Krillers. A six? Yeah, for me. I, I didn't have any dinner. And you, you're not going to have any breakfast either. Oh, and two coffees, yeah. I'll make his uh, black and mine's uh, triple sugar and triple cream. Boy, go to the dentist. Okay, I have a topic. Okay. While we're waiting. Go. Okay, you know, okay, in the Great White North, it went metric, right? Yeah. Before anywhere else in the world, right? Yeah. So, like, a lot of people don't know how to uh, how to figure out metric, right? Okay, so... Me neither. Okay, I'll teach it. So, okay. there's a, um, a fast way, which is to double it and add 30, okay? So, like, if it's, let's say, on the radio, it says, okay, so today it'll be cloudy and 5 degrees. So, how do you do it? You go, you double it, 5, 5 is 10, you add 30. 30 yeah. and 10 is 40. It's the old 40 degrees. So, when you say 5 degrees, 40. Like, how many beers would that be if you want, like, a six-pack in metric? Six, six, 12, and 30, four, uh, 42 beers. 42 oh. metric beers. Well, that's good for me, eh? Yeah. I count me in on metric. Yeah, and back bacon, if, like, normally you eat a pound, right? Yeah. So in metric, you double it as 2, and 30 is 32 kilos of back bacon. Yeah, now, but what if the speed limit is, like, 50 miles an hour? Yeah. Then what do you do? Double, double it, it? 100 and add 30? Yeah. So you can go 130 miles an no, hour? No, not miles. 130 kilometers an hour. Would you get a ticket if you were going that fast? No. Well, that's good, because we're getting one now. Look. Jeez. These donut places. The guy's got ten tables in three spots. Yeah, well, it was your idea to park on the Take street. Take off. Jose. You drove. Let's go. You go, from the you go talk to the guy. Give the cops donuts, and they won't give us tickets. Hey, cops want donuts? You, you pay for the donuts. I'll go talk to the cops. All cops listen to this album. Don't give us tickets. Yeah, at least not at a donut place, eh? Come on, let's get out of here. We'll give you donuts if you don't give us a ticket. Yeah, we'll mail them to you. Jeez, again. Let's get out of here. donut places. They never have. That was Peter's Donuts. From Bob and Doug McKenzie's 1981 Juno Award-winning and Grammy-nominated The Great White North album. Back in the early 90s, there was a donut shop in our neighborhood, and we managed to convince a good number of our friends and relatives to ask for a pineapple-filled donut whenever they made a trip there. It apparently got under the skin of the employees, and I almost felt bad for asking my mom when she asked me, Hey, Greg, we're going to Robin's Donuts. Do you want anything? Yeah, Mom, can you get me a pineapple-filled donut, please? Uh, really? Yes, Mom, a pineapple-filled donut. Well, Mom, obviously, returned without the donut and wondered why the person behind the counter got so upset with her. I guess they got tired of people asking. It's good times. I want to end today's show with another track that reminds me of the spring of my graduating year. I picked up this album just shortly after my 18th birthday and instantly became a Dinosaur Junior fan. From their 1993 release, Where You Been, here is On The Way. I'd like to come and see you, but what's it worth to know? Promise you'll make it Get me to go. 
The Shelf was recorded and produced in a little corner of my basement in Winnipeg. The Audio Off the Shelf logo was created by Benjamin Crow, based on the original iconic artwork by Donna Parsons. Let's go to the bathroom. I'll show you my hair. <laughs> and that's our show. Too bad. 
black hole. 